This episode of the Oh No 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 podcast is sponsored by Dynamic Industrial Services, the Rope Access Specialists. As long-time Wraith Rover supporters, we're very familiar with ropey performances. But if you need a service that's more Sam Stanton than Willie Accio, look no further than DIS. Operating across Scotland, they specialise in working at height, offering maintenance, inspection, repairs and more. So if you've got any problems at a height that even John Fredrickson can't reach, visit Dynamic Industrial Service. Welcome back to the Oh No 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 podcast as we bring a very dry January to a close. Uh, despite a not insignificant 2 1 win over Dunfermline on the second, the Rovers have lost four on the bounce since, culminating in uh, Saturday's 3 2 defeat to Cali Thistle. Uh, Jack Hamilton gave the Rovers the lead for the third game on the trot, but Ian Murray's go big or go home defensive strategy crumpled as chunky funster Alex Samuel scored a nine-minute hat-trick on his debut for the Highlanders. Um, Zach Rudden spearheaded the Rovers' second half fight back, but an early Lewis Vaughan goal wasn't followed by any serious test of Mark Richards' abilities in goal. Uh, now, Dundee United's failure to beat Dunfermline at home for the second time this season does keep the Rovers within touching distance at the top, but the Rovers' excellent win at, Tynca- uh, sorry, at Tanadice is already starting to feel like a bit of a distant memory. So we did give ourselves an extra day to collect our thoughts ahead of this one, but I get the feeling this podcast might be a little light on laps. So my name is Duncan Cameron, and they do say that misery loves company, so I am delighted to be joined tonight by uh, Ian Lato, first of all. How are you, mate? Yeah, delighted to be here. Excellent. Uh, Christina Beatty's here too. How are you, Christina? I'm well, thank you. Excellent. Uh, Robbie Weir is here too. How are you, Robbie? Uh, not too buzzing. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, we've got Carol Allison-Smith. How are you, Carol? Bien. Okay, fine. None of the above. Uh, yeah. And uh, last but not least, we've got Scott Fleming too. How are you, Scott? I'm doing all right. I'm glad it's a couple of days since the game now. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not been... Not been the most fun of weekends, I think, for the uh, the Rovers faithful. Um, and I think there's probably probably really only one place to start with this one, and it's it's, it's going to centre around that starting lineup and that defence, isn't it? So um, Ian Murray kind of stuck with this unorthodox three five two, if you want to call it that, albeit with Ian Murray coming back in the centre of defence alongside fullbacks um, Liam Dick and Ross Millen. Scott Brown stepped into the midfield of Sean Byrne and uh, Josh Mullen. And then you've got Callum Smith and Aidan Connolly as kind of wing-backs and wingers inverted all in the one. Um, with Jack Hamilton and Lewis Vaughan up front. So I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll kind of swing back round and, and go through the key points in this game. But to to jump in just with a kind of general line-up and approach... Um, Scott, do you want to kind of just just generally kick us off with your thoughts on um, how the Rovers set out for this one? Yeah, I mean, it was a wee bit surprising just, again, the fact that we're now getting guys back from injury. I was really surprised to see us sticking with this. Well, 
he can stick with the three, I think, but it's more the fact that he used two uh, fullbacks in that three, which has kind of bemused a lot of people, considering he had, what, two technically fit centre-backs on the bench. So that was a little bit surprising from the lineup. But, I mean, clearly Murray sees the training uh, every week and thought that that was what to go for. I'm not sure that there would have been too many Rovers fans and going by the reaction that too many people wanted that, especially when you've got Watson back fit, you've got Murray there, and you've also got Dylan Corr. And, I mean, Dylan Corr played fine the other week against Queen's Park, which was all the more surprising that he was, well, dropped the following week at Livy and still didn't even play again uh, on Saturday there. So I, I, I am starting to question a wee bit why we're going with this formation when originally the formation came about because we didn't have fit players and it worked brilliantly at Dunfermline that night. It now needs to go in the bin. It's officially not working. And so I'm sorry, it just... We need to go back to just... There's nothing wrong with going back to basics. Just do the basics well. So I, I just think it was a bit bizarre that we went with the two full-backs and a back three again. Yeah. Um, Robbie, give me your, your thoughts on the on the same thing, please. Yeah, I'm very much a trust in Murray. I thought the... Um, like I didn't raise an eyebrow when I saw the formation come through. Um or the, the lineup, I wasn't looking into it too much. I would have thought that, again, Dylan Corr's really one that you suspect should be coming in there because he's a natural centre-back that's fit. So why aren't we using him? Because he would have just added that presence and he's not going to get caught in two minds. And as a group, we've had a bit of a chat about the players that we're using, the formation that we're using. And it, it just felt during that game that it's very much a case where there's a lot of players playing out of position and they're looking about trying to figure out what they're doing in their roles um, a lot of really good players in our squad but the way that we use them just let ourselves let ourselves really down uh, which is the most frustrating thing, all the damage was done in that first half but just with the lineup at, at the start I mean I wasn't too concerned other than Dylan Corn not being in the side to be honest, I thought that overall it was right, I felt that having um Easton and Turner on the bench seemed fair enough based on the Livingston match. Um, but then the game came about and it was all a completely different story. Yeah. Um, Christina, how did you feel about that kind of starting line-up and then the the choice to kind of lay the players out the way they did? Yeah, I agree with um, Scott saying that that formation needs to go in the bin now. It definitely does. I would just be, if it was me, I would be saying more a 4-4-2 from this point on and just stick with that. And if it's not a 4-4-2, whatever he's going to do at this point, he needs to just keep doing it week after week. And we just need to keep that as a, for a solid couple of months and see what happens. Because I think it seems the players are getting confused as each week goes by and they're doing something different every week. It's probably better just keeping a bit of consistency. Um, I did think Rudden was going to start just because he was a new sign and I thought there might be like a Rudden-Vaughn combo which then when Rudden did come on I quite liked that combo and I thought that looked quite promising uh, based on Saturday but I think he needs to have a back four ways as I was learning today because I was asking the question today about centre-backs and full-backs and all the difference between everybody so I definitely think he needs to go for more a 4-4-2 from this point on 
and just try it and see what happens. So I would um, agree with that um, in particular, but I feel like Scott summed it up really bas- really well there. Just stick to the basics. I think we have players like Liam, Bick- Liam Dick and Ross Milne. Just have them as fullbacks, and we don't need to worry about it. And even like we don't need to have them as aggressive fullbacks or like attacking fullbacks. Just get us stuck to, to what we're doing well um, would be for me. And really you can't point, also Christina. keep you can't keep playing the Sam Stanton card. Like yeah, we know Sam Stanton makes a big difference. We're all like wishing for him to be back as soon as he can, but he can't be the only dominating factor in this. So the way we play can't be based on Sam Stanton. Yeah, but. It really, if he's not coming back for another couple of weeks, it still needs to be changed, regardless. Yeah. Um, to your point about the back four, I agree with you completely. Um, Leslie came armed uh, previously with the the kind of the stats on on just how often we've had to chop and change the the back line, and a lot of that obviously is enforced. But it's the changing between the three and the four, I think, as much as anything. If you're having to shoehorn people in, at least try and minimise it and, and have as few people as possible playing out of position and, and all this. I think there's and I'm not um I'm not playing into cheap stereotypes when I say this, but you you want your footballers thinking as little as possible, really. Um and what you end up having to do when you're playing out of position is think about where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing. I was thinking about this earlier and it's like, you know, when you learn to drive and you go, you're like three lessons in and your mind is racing because you're like, hang on, my left foot needs to be doing some, my right foot needs to be doing something, but um, what gear am I in and all that. But then once you drive for a while, more and more of it becomes just like muscle memory and you can just focus on what matters, looking out for hazards and stuff. I think that's, that's what it's like with players when they're playing in their natural position. They can just worry about the important things. And then you take somebody like Callum Smith and you ask him to play like left wing back and he can still do it because he's still a football player. He still knows what he's doing, but it's like the very first time you go and try and drive abroad and you're on the wrong side of the road and suddenly you're having to think about stuff again because you keep going to change gear and you're guddling in the, the door. That I think is it's what that's like. And with that lineup, on Saturday, you've got Ross Millen, who's out of position. Liam Dick basically is out of position, although I think he's probably the strongest of those who are. Um, Aidan Connolly, with the amount of defending he's having to do, is out of position. Callum Smith is definitely out of position. Josh Mullen playing centrally, not really his game either. He's out of position. There's too much of this, too much of this extra work that everybody's having to do. And I think that's... <laughs> For me, the, the frustration with that is is it's quite avoidable because you're playing this formation that nobody really understands anyway. To Christina's point, like if you play a 4-4-2, everybody knows how to play 4-4-2 because they've all done it. Probably 4-2-3-1 applies in the same way. They've all played that enough that people broadly know where they are. When you're playing this quite wild 3-5-2 with wingers and forwards as Wing, of course, there are, there are gaps and there's miscommunications. Um, Ian, how do you feel about that whole question? Yeah, you've absolutely taken the words out of my mouth Bruce, by saying that you've got too many bodies kind of playing out of position. That is literally what I was going to come in and say. Like, if you look at the starting lineup, you've got Millen, who's out of position, Dick out of position, Mullen out of position, Smith and Connolly. 
So in Ian Murray's efforts to get more forward players onto the park, we end up asking the forward players to actually perform a defensive role that you'd be better just having a defender in there to do in the first place. So like you've got Smith and Connolly doing the bulk of their work going back the park when you could actually just have Millen playing right back, that Kevin playing left back and let those guys go and do what they're good at. So I think it just really becomes really counterintuitive in, in what we're trying to do. Mullen playing centrally, I think he's lost in there. I think he's got any attributes to play in there. You lose his crossing ability. You know what I mean? Like you're kind of left with putting in a dead ball. And admittedly, we get a goal from it, from his corner. But you're taking away like the reason that he's in the team. Let's just get back to playing the players that we've got who are very, very good in the positions that are meant to be playing. And if that means going back to accepting that we're only going to get four forward players on the park, then let's do that. Think back to the start of the season, how often we spoke about that the players that came off the bench were the ones that were making the difference. We've now got into a point where we're trying to get them all on the park to start with, and we've played our hand before we've even, you know, before we, we come up against anything. Let's go back to with the four, three across, like you know, three attacking midfielders and one striker. And if it's not working, let's keep the formation, but change the players, put them on, and let's reinvigorate the game. I just think we need to go. Scott's bang on. Let's go back to basics. And uh, like, um, this is very negative. This is a very negative podcast so far. <laughs> let's not forget that one win can really change everything here. Right. One win, the confidence comes back into the players. A lot can there's a long way to go and a lot can change just with that one win. Especially with the next game being Dundee night. Gaffer said in his interview, we win our next league game, we're top of the league. Like it, it's it is as simple as that. There's a there is a real um positive in that Dundee United haven't been pulling away, they've not been putting points on the board. But I think we're at the point now where it stops being like, oh, it's a blip. Oh, it's bad luck. There's enough of a pattern now to recognise actually there's a couple of things we could genuinely just do differently here that might might yield positive results. I don't think any of us are claiming to have the answers or or um, to be telling Ian Murray what to do with any confidence. But some of these things do do kind of stand out to the, the kind of lay <laughs> observer. Um Carol, you've been you've been very patient. Um give us your uh, your kind of initial thoughts. I think everyone's covered it. I think on Saturday it was really evident that like what you said, Duncan, muscle memory. People were having to think too much. Um it was there was too much space. I mean Inverness Cali Thistle aren't the most agile. They're like crabs on stilts, some of them. They do not move well. But we were giving them so much space because we were just having to think. Am I meant to be here? Am I marking the right person? Who the, where, what am I doing? Am I too far back? I mean, I do not like seeing Aidan Connolly further back. He should just be midfield up. Stay away from the defence. You're not doing a good, your job. You're not doing what you're made for. And that's it. Is that it just seems it was so evident on Saturday that it was everyone was out of shape. And not physically out of shape, just mentally not where they needed to be because they were thinking too much. Yeah. And I think even even if you were dead set on that formation, you can make relatively minor adjustments and probably yield better results. Like I think Ross Millen, if if he has to fit into that side, I think Ross Millen's better suited to being 
the right wing back than he is the right centre half. Like Dick is in the right place for that formation. Dick's better off as the as the left hand side. I think you're you're really for a natural fit. You're having to play Callum Hanna at left wing back, and I've not seen anywhere near enough of him to say whether you know, that's a good idea or not. But um, and I, I will, you know, um, kind of put my cards on the table and say that I am really on the far end of not liking players out of position. Um, I'm, I'm kind of die hard, just play people in, in their normal positions. Um, but, but they must be doing it in training, sorry. To, but it, it, it comes across that they have great training sessions during the week. Everyone's having fantastic time. This can't be a surprise on the Saturday morning that this is how they're lining up. But on, on Saturday's game, it was like, They'd never played together, some of them. That's what it looked like on Ray TV. Look- what really struck me, though, um, was just how reluctant we were to change it. Because we could all see it was like, we get the first goal, which is fine. Um, header at a corner, fantastic, take the lead. But it just felt like there was an inevitability about it, which was really strange. You saw Cali by no. I mean, they just seemed like a team of giants. Like, I don't think there was much about them. I didn't think they were particularly impressive. And honestly, the teams that have beaten us without being too dismissive of them, because they've all deserved their wins, but none of them have been particularly like you sit back and you think, oh, wow, that was a footballing performance to behold. We're still losing games by the odd goal um, rather than winning them now. But it was just this reluctance for us to change it at all. And I don't get why we waited until half time before we made the decision to actually move it uh, yeah, I think you, you've, up. you've got Scott Brown there who you could just drop in and go to a four you know wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily have to even make substitutions you could just go to that and, and I, I agree with your other point about um, Cali Thistle I think the difference so I said that after the Livingston game um, I remember saying at the start that I was just going to say all the stuff that made me sound really better because I was really better. But it's like they beat us without playing well. Um, the difference, I think, was Cali Thistle beat us without having to play well. Like, they were never really asked the question, you know, are you going to come and actually show something? Because, not to take away anything from the guy who scored a really decent hat-trick, but it really was a case of, like, there's no chance he thought he was going to score a hat-trick in, in that 10-minute spell. Like, we really made it too easy for them. And then give anybody three goals and there's a decent chance they're going to get a result. And actually, having watched the highlights back, which I, I just did at half-past seven on Monday night because that's when I finally felt able to, um, they did actually they slightly more chances than I've sort of remembered them having. They were, they were you know, definitely in that game a lot more. But... Um, I I think I don't think Cali Thistle will have many easier games in terms of coming up against a side that don't look like they're on their game at all. And again, for for all the reasons that that, um, that we've just said, um, so I tell you what, well, let's let's we'll jump into some of these. We'll pick apart some of these incidents, um, and I'm sure some of the the same um, kind of recurring themes will come up. Let's. Um, well, I tell you, we'll go through the goals and, and anything else anybody wants to throw in, we can absolutely pick up. So, the Rovers goal, as you see, comes from a corner. Um, it's a decent delivery. It's a very, very good header. Um, possibly, there's a, a hint of a foul there. But um, at that point, 
I don't know anybody else was really thinking like, you know, we'd, we'd actually we'd looked all right, but it felt a bit like a go out of nowhere. And again, you know, I should really start to learn a lesson. But I was like, oh, maybe we're going to do all right. Um, <laughs> Scott, how, yeah, um, how did you feel about it? And obviously, we watched on Wraith TV. Do you think there was any any hint of a foul in there? Nah, I, at first, I think I'd put into the group chat saying it's all because you guys were obviously going, Was it a foul? What's going on? Because uh, it was a, it was a funny reaction like, in the ground, yeah. The, the delay, like you could hear the delay in the celebration on Wraith TV as well. Like it was almost like a good second at least after the ball had hit the net that somebody went, oh, it's a goal, and then the rest of the crowd went. But uh, at the same time, it also wasn't that big a celebration in general. But no, I mean, I agree. It was a really nice floated ball in from Mullen and a really good header. I would have been annoyed if he had actually headed it over because of how close he was and he'd bounced it in the net, uh, in the roof of the net. But it was, uh, I just thought that it was uh, Divine that went for the ball well. Uh, the centre back for Inverness. He he just looked like he didn't pick him up early enough, and then just had no desire to follow him in, sort of thing, and just flung himself to the ground to see if he would get a foul, pretty much. But no, I thought Hamilton got it well and and headed it in. But I don't know. I just as as you say, when that goal goes in, that's three weeks in a row we've taken. Well, what was the minute that the goal went in? Twenty five. Twenty-five. So it wasn't as early as like what we had been scoring the last couple of weeks. But yet again, it was Jack Hamilton one 0 and you're going, please don't do the same as the last two weeks because it's been the same. And yet again, it happened just worse. But it was just I don't know. We we seem to be actually more vulnerable recently after taking the lead than we do chasing the game. Which I I don't know why it is the case, but it just seems to be. Since basically the middle of December, when we've taken a lead, we've not looked comfortable. It's difficult to put your finger on, isn't it? Because you'd think, just looking at this Rovers team, you'd think that would be where they might actually be better. They're just kind of slowing games down and don't. And I think that's, you know, to, to beat the same old drum, I think that's a thing you miss without Sam Stanton. But um, Sean Burns, Scott Brown, and Josh Mullen should be a good enough midfield to. To knock a ball about and slow a game down and and um, exert some control, but we've really, really have lacked that um, in recent weeks, as you say. Possibly, it's it's it definitely it was weird. It was very strange, and I don't. Know, there's it's actually is it goes in. Callum Smith's kind of turning around with his arms out as if he's looking for a foul. So I don't know if that has thrown people as well. Like I, I, I'm not quite sure what's what's happened with that, but it was short-lived, um, that lead. The Rovers have a throw-in on the, on the right-hand side um, at about the half-hour mark, and then it all, um, all kind of goes horribly wrong from there. But um, Ian, why don't you kind of talk us through then that, that equalising goal? There was a, a bit of a shout for an offside at time, but... Um, I'm not convinced now that I've seen it back. No, the camera from uh, the gantry in the back of the south stand, I think, pretty clearly shows that Liam Dick's playing him on side. Um, to go from the throw-in, you know, like we've got the ball in our hands and then like 10 seconds later the ball's in our net, it's incredibly naive. 
So Samuel, it's something that Cali actually did almost from the get-go, from a Ridgers kick-out. They knew that he had the run on our centre halves, our, mm-hmm. our centre halves. And, uh, you know, like, so Samuel drags Murray into the middle of the park and Murray goes with him. And as soon as the the boy knocks it through the middle, the, the Samuel knows that he's got the legs on Murray. So he pulls him into the middle of the park, spins, and then just runs away from him. And Murray at no point gets anywhere near to getting back to, to getting back on side. The one wee thing that I did notice, and I, I hadn't picked it up at all, Liam Dick looks as though he's going to get back to cover. And just at one moment, he glances over to the linesman. And as oh, Liam Dick glances, <clears throat> excuse me, glances at the linesman, Samuel changes the, the trajectory of his run. And he does it as Liam Dick's not looking. And I actually think if Liam Dick doesn't look to the linesman, he probably picks up that Samuel's about to change the trajectory of his run and probably gets in front of him. But because he's not paying attention, Samuel then manages to nick in front of him and Liam Dick left with the choice of, do I let him go on and hope that Kev makes a save or do I rip him down and take the red card? And, you know, he lets him go and the ball goes in the net. But split second decision, you know, like that that decision to look to the linesman, to look back, and that's what makes it, that's what makes the difference in that goal. It's just, it's fine margins. Yeah, you, you, you're absolutely spot on. One of the guys next to me sort of said straight away, "Should I maybe I brought him down uh, with the man covering?" But that's going to be, I think, that's looking like very much old rules, and it's going to be denial. A goal scoring opportunity every day of the week if Liam Dick brings him down. It's just really frustrating way to lose a goal, isn't it? Just seeing someone getting spun, and you're hoping that Kev can pull something out of the bag to, to spare our blushes, but it's a, a, to be fair, a good run, good finish. Aye. Yeah, I'd add, on, I'd add on that Samuel does really, really well. If you're, a, if you're a, a striker, and if you're a coach of a striker, he does every single thing that you tell them to do. Get away from the man, get across the front, hit the target. It's a good goal. Um, I just... I, I think... You're right about um, Dick looking across there. You're absolutely spot on. And I think by the time Dick's close enough to commit a foul, I think it's red card territory. He's he's away from Murray enough. I wonder again if it's the... And listen, I'm not going to keep saying this. I will, but I'll try not to. I wonder if it's the kind of goal you lose. If you're playing with the same back four that have played a few games together, is it that? Is it the positioning? Is it the knowing when to go, when not to? It's quite a high line that we're holding at that point as well, especially given that Millen is taking the throw-in. So again, you need to remember, he's the centre-half. So you've you've taken a man out of your own defence. And then, as, as you say again, Ian, that one that Ridgers just knocks over the top early doors really should be a warning sign. You know, they... Um, it's the, the boy Nathan Shaw who plays that ball through the middle and it is, it's a very good pass it's very well weighted but he could have put that more or less anywhere in that back line and Samuel still got a really good chance of getting in and that was then um, kind of followed very quickly uh, by the second this one again difficult to kind of pinpoint one kind of key culprit if you were really looking for that Sean Byrne gives away a kind of soft fill in the middle of the park Ball gets kind of knocked in. Um, I think it's Samuel himself actually gets the first kind of header on it. It's under Scott Brown who kind of gets up in the air. 
Josh Mullen, you can see what he's trying to do as he's kind of moves around, but all he really succeeds in doing is, is creating a little bit of space for uh, for Alex Samuel. And then again, I think you've got to credit the the finish. It's very well placed. Um, I'm not sure it's entirely the connection he wanted, but he's put it in the bottom corner. Um, but he's had the time and space to do the blooming hokey-cokey in and out the box. I mean, he was in, out, in, out, and then he has time to take the shot. And there was like five Rovers players around him just going, what am I doing? That was, I mean, there wasn't any one culprit. The culprit there was space and time because he was given the time to bounce in and out the box. I spent most of the highlights just going, what the was that? Why? And that was, he was given space to go in and out. And yeah, he should never have been given that space or never have had yeah. that space. You've got three three kind of consecutive headers in the box. <laughs> Again, I think traditionally, if you're playing a back three, you've got three big monsters at the back who'll just stick their head on that. And it's really like, I think Mullins, um, sorry, Ross Millen is closest to the first one. Doesn't make any sort of meaningful attempt. Um, Scott, you mentioned before, but he's, he's, he's not keen in the air, will we say, kind of charitably. I think that if you were looking to prove that case, that goal would be kind of exhibit A. Um, he's just doesn't make an attempt for it. Samuel, as he kind of comes off his shoulder. Then you've got Scott Brown. I know we've used him in defence a lot, but doesn't get a great header on it. And then next one is Josh Mullen, somehow, is, is the next one. And again, it's, it's like a catalogue of small errors. But that, I think, is, is the position that we're in. It's, it would be easier if we were just talking about the fact that we had this one defender who was horrible and kept kicking the ball on his own goal. These cumulative effects, though, as they start to look like a, a bit of a pattern. Um, I think it's very frustrating when you see the ball sort of drop and it's it just feels like our habits of like hitting the ball clear. I'm not a footballer by any stretch of the imagination, let alone a person that was heading footballs when I was kicking the ball about whatever fives pitch it was at. But it's just frustrating when you just see the ball get sort of kind of looped out. It's not like a proper header it's almost like it gets looped back up in the air and you're waiting for it to drop to someone and then it goes to a Cali player and you're just thinking they're going to get a shot away and you just you almost just felt it you just sensed it and that's a frustrating thing at the moment it's just this sort of uh, I'm loath to criticise this team at the moment because of how well they've done and I know that people will say it's cla- happy clapping and things like that um, but at the same time there's definitely feels like it's just almost like it's got in our heads and it's a bit like a soft underbelly just if this willingness to just chuck yourself in front of things, put tackles in. I know I'm going a bit John Hughes here, but aye, frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I mean, I'm the same as you in terms of kind of loath to criticise because I don't think it's, I don't think it's mentality. I don't think it's um, lack of effort or anything like that. And sometimes it is just fine margins. Sometimes it's, and I think. As I say, three or four games ago, I think we were all on that page. It was like, oh, we lost a couple of games, but you know, it's it's kind of fine. Um, I think we're maybe maybe guilty of kind of not not really learning lessons. Um, the third goal then is as it's another set piece. Um, this one a little bit more, a little bit more direct. The corner comes in. I actually think it's an excellent finish. Like it's the the kind of the technique is very good. 
again, he doesn't make a brilliant connection, but it's a very difficult one to to kind of get across. Alex Samuel scored twice in that well, pre- previous 10 minutes and marking him for that corner. Bear in mind, we've got three centre-halves in the park again. Sean Byrne is picking him up. Again, I'm like, come on, surely... Surely that's you and Murray's man. Just yeah, like, definitely. you know, before you start, you just go, well, this boy is the big unit striker. We've got one again, big unit defender. I would, again, I'm more liable to, I totally agree with that. I think that we've just changed so much in terms of our team with the formation and the way that we've set up. And I feel like it's just been almost like we're, try to focus on playing this three at the back and shoehorning players into that that then we get into a situation where we get our confidence knocked we lose a couple of goals and then you get into a situation like that and it's just the basics doesn't get done um, which is really frustrating but uh, we, we, we definitely isn't it and um, like Blair mentioned it after the Livingston game where he's saying that like it, sh- it almost shouldn't matter what formation you're playing if it's a corner kick you're just defending a corner kick um, but again, it's it's repeat mistakes. It's the same thing again, and I think that's that's where you need to look at it and say, what can we do different? That and uh, whether it's consistency of selection or whatever, you know, obviously something needs to something needs to change there. Um, so that that kind of takes us up to half time, really, Carol. Did you feel like that was that game had almost gone at that point? Honestly, yeah, it was. It was, yeah. That's I did. A super substitution, maybe, but at three one, I was like, "Well, if we get three three, I will be ecstatic." But I don't see it coming. I don't. I I just couldn't see. I could see them scoring more goals from us making silly mistakes, but I couldn't see us taking advantage of anything. That was that was how it felt to me. Um, yeah, see, see where it was coming from. By the other side of the, the the token on that, as soon as we came out, we played four at the back, like Scott Brown in defence. Admittedly, it wouldn't be my first choice in terms of who was going in in defence and who was playing there. But we looked so much better. We just like at the start of the second half. Admittedly, Hamilton goes off, which is a frustration. Uh, because he's been in among the goals and I would have, uh, we touched on it before the start of the podcast, you're really wanting to see Hamilton, Vaughan and Rudden on the pitch at the same time but Rudden just brought a degree of impetus and just dragged us up the pitch so well like in the first 20 minutes of that second half Um, but aye, just after that period I I felt, yeah we could but yeah, based on the first half it was just just chucked it. It was daft. It was so daft. And I f- Ian Murray's obviously, he's acknowledged it in his interview straight away. Like said, the formation, yeah, didn't work. Like, he was yeah, quite I, blatantly clear about it. Everyone knows it. Everyone's, so, it's all about how we move forward from it. Listen, he, he literally said in his interview that he, he got it wrong. And, and you know, he changed that half time. And, you know, we said already, could have changed it earlier. I'm not, I'm not overly bothered about that. I think, I mean, I, it's not necessarily the way things always work, but I think when you, you can see two in that short spell, I don't think it's unforgivable to be thinking like, oh, well, maybe we'll see, get through at half time. You, know, you then can see the third and sort of suddenly that's a stupid idea. But I, I'm not overly bothered with that. 
I think had to come out after half time without changing it, serious questions really would have had to have been asked. But he makes the change, and as you say, um, did certainly look better. <laughs> Slightly, kind of perversely, I think Hamilton going off might have actually helped a little bit, in as much as it, it kind of reined in Ian Murray's ability to, to chuck on, you know, um, or chuck all his guys up front. We were almost forced into playing a slightly orthodox formation in that second half. But <laughs> I think certainly they were more, they're foot the ball more in that, um, in that second half. And um, that obviously, again, was the, yeah. And it, it started off relatively well. Um, Zach Rudden, I was pretty impressed with actually. Um, over the, the the kind of course of that second half, and he gets he gets a really good run right early doors. Um, it's it's not unlike Samuel's, but he's under more pressure the entire time. And by the end of it, the defender gets in and, and actually makes a really good kind of stop. We got a goal back through um, Lewis Vaughan. So give me your your um, kind of talk me through the goal and kind of how you or what you thought might happen after that. Yeah, I mean, I think for the for the goal itself, you could see obviously after half time that we went to a back four, as Robbie said, and that we just looked a little bit more fluid. We're playing, just everybody seemed to calm down again and look like right. We've got forty five minutes to kind of sort this out, and we they actually for once actually looked like they were patiently playing football which instead of the chaos that's been going on at times when we've been uh, trailing in games, they actually looked like they were just being patient, working the ball around at the back, and then eventually Dick puts that ball in, which, I mean, Vaughn does brilliantly to peel, is it the boy, I'm not even going to pronounce the first half his name, but the boy Mullen, for yes. him. Uh, he follows Vaughn, and then Vaughn just goes, no, takes him away, and then uh, Rodden just with that deftly like, flick around the corner, and then, I mean, the boy looked pretty quick going after Vaughn, but Vaughn was that far ahead, he wasn't catching him. And it was a brilliant finish for Vaughn. But, I mean, I didn't notice until the highlights that actually he had stuck it through the goalie's legs. I thought, oh, he slid it into the corner. And it was nowhere near it. It was just straight through his legs. So it was an even more sort of cheeky finish for Vaughn. But, um, yeah, I mean, after that goal, I thought there's a, a chance we might go and get a third, but I thought it had to happen within the next 15 minutes. Otherwise, then I, I was expecting more chaos for Murray in terms of players coming on the park and players going off. And I was fully preparing myself for the back two to happen at some point. But it, it didn't come. But, I mean, I think uh, I just want to... Go back. I know it's negative, but I just want to go back to my own opinion of the the two goals we lost after the equaliser. We are far too much of a soft touch at set pieces. It's actually getting on pathetic at set pieces at how much a soft touch we're. Josh Mullen, I'm sorry, you have to close Samuel down. That it, I think he's shielding someday. Just go for the ball. You're playing football. Go for the ball. It's it's just simple. I mean, as you say, it was a good finish, but you have to close the ball there. And then Sean Byrne again. And I know you, what you're saying about Samuel's got two goals, but how, I mean, 
Inverness must have had three guys over six foot, so I can understand Murray going for one of them instead of Samuel, but Murray's Sean Bunn again. Sorry to interrupt, but Murray's actually he's basically he's he's working zonally. The zone he's got is a zone that some goalkeepers would have. Like if if you if you go back, basically as the ball's coming in, Kev's on his line and Murray is directly in front of him on like the six yard line. And it's almost like so they've got those two in the middle and then everyone else has gone man for man. Which it's not it's not a ridiculous idea. And if the ball comes into the middle, Murray's free to go and attack it. And the problem is that it, it doesn't get that far. But um it's it is it's frustrating to win you when you look at that and you go, you've basically got Murray and Hamilton are your two that you would really want as like big heaterers and uh, yeah. Calithus is back line they've got more than that they've got three guys who actually are, are big monsters and then they've got Samuel up front um, and then they've got like Billy McCarthy who's just a decent striker also in there as well um, sorry I, I jumped in there but it's just I, I was I noticed but, about no I, the only thing I just wanted to finish on with was that Burn has to show more desire to win that ball like at the front post I don't care how you get to the ball. You just make sure that your guy is not getting that ball. And I think I mentioned it in the Livy uh, post-match one. We've had defenders in the past that just, as long as you're not going to get the ball, make sure your guy's not getting the ball. Or if he is, he's not going to get a clean sort of flick or a strike. I mean, Samuel, at the end of the day, I'm not sure if he's d- meant for it to go where it's went. He's just put his foot on it and went, right, it might go in. Or it, it's going on target basically. And it's a clever flick, but I just think we were far too soft in that 10-minute period, and it was, we just need to get, I think Murray mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, we need to be far more aggressive, especially just at set pieces, because teams are just going, oh, we're, we're guaranteed to get one goal off of the Rovers today for set piece. But, uh, no, going back to the second half, I, I definitely thought 15 minutes after that goal, we had to get the equaliser, otherwise I was worried that we weren't going to get back into it. Yeah, and it, it never really looked likely, did it? Um, but Robbie, did you at any point? I mean, did you see a did you see a route to goal? Were you thinking, you know, if we can get get him in the game, or if we can get that? Are, are we are we looking at an equaliser? Yeah, I did. Um, I felt that Rudden was Rudden was a bit like uh, Dowds is for Air United, just drove the like I know Dowds is more of a, a sort of target man but Rudden would just pick up the ball and just drive with it forward and bring in others into play and I think with the players that we had on the pitch that I didn't ever feel that we were out of that game I didn't think with like sure we've got this mentality at the moment where things aren't going our way and things are up against us but I still wasn't saying ah that's it it's game over it's as soon as we got the second I was thinking right we've got plenty of time to get a third and we can get a third because we've got the players on the pitch that are good enough to go and score but aye, the damage had been done in the first half, but I don't necessarily feel that the game was a write-off. And I still feel that there was opportunities, there was good shouts in there. Um, just after the, the penalty shout that Rudden had, which I felt was a, a tug on his shirt um, to bring him down, Vaughn sort of gets a shot that goes over just over the bar. Um, there's a few sort of scrambles in the Cali box as well. Um, I feel like it's one of those ones where after the game, you see the scoreline, you see that we've lost these goals and it's another defeat. 
I feel like everyone forgets like we did have opportunities in there. I don't think we had many clear cut opportunities. I'm not going to claim that it was like we were peppering the goal or, but we were still working the ball forward. I do. The subs all had very much mixed impacts. Um, I felt that Easton was relatively quiet for Easter standards. That's been going on for a few games now, and hopefully he can get back to what we know that he can play like. Um, Ross Matthews really impressed with his cameo. I thought he was really good in the limited time that he came on. Um, Turner just didn't really offer that much, unfortunately. Um, and I'm sure that Kyle Turner was one of the best players in the championship last season. But... Um, just didn't get a chance to show it on Saturday or when he did get on the ball it was limited and he had that speculative shot that ended up really high in the south stand and you're just thinking at that point you just think it sums up our afternoon but I didn't feel like we were out of the game by any stretch of the imagination I still felt Cali were there to be got at I'm not buying into that Ian would you agree with that? To a certain extent I think we've got the pl- we've got the players on the park that can hurt a team in any given moment it's just about whether or not we actually create those chances, and I'm not sure we really created enough. You've got guys making really talented guys, Dallin Easton, making the wrong decision, like getting t- t- wants too many touches on the ball now, way too many touches. You know he's got that he's got that one on the on the, the edge of the box. Liam Dix tearing down the outside of him, and that ball just needs laid across there, and Liam Dix to fire it across the front, and you've got four or five bodies in the middle of the park. But Dylan's trying to dig it out of his feet and then get a shot. And Dylan backs himself. He's a confident player. But right now, he's not in the greatest of form. And like when you're not in the greatest of form, you need to play the percentages a wee bit more. Yeah, it's like, almost like he's trying harder to pull something off because he knows he's getting these sort of people criticising him and saying... Yeah, absolutely. And like Dylan's a, Dylan's a great player. He's been fantastic for us. But just in this moment, it's just not quite coming off. Kyle Turner was another one. I don't think he played well. I don't think he played well when he came on. I don't think he had much zip about him, gave the ball away quite a lot, had that really bad shot in at the south stand that it's just like we've just got I I just don't think we created enough to warrant us getting anything out of that game. Yeah, that's that's where I am with it. I think I know I know Robbie, I know exactly what you mean, and I think the quality of players that we've got, there was always a chance. You know, like, like literally every single game we've played in the league this season, we've not ever been out of a game, um, you know, by the final whistle anyway, by more than a goal. And I don't think there's any of those games where we've looked completely out of it either. We've not had a team that's actually just sort of contained us. I think with Aidan Connolly and Lewis Vaughan and Dylan Easton, and we saw it come to fruition enough times in the early part of the season, we're always liable to get a goal from somewhere because there's enough individual brilliance in there for that to happen. What was missing for me was any sense of like deliberate course of action almost, or like a, a real sort of strategy of, for example, I'm not saying this necessarily applied to that game, but like, oh, you know what? The left back's quite slow. So I tell you what, let's get in behind them. Or, you know, you can run at that guy or, or, any of that kind of stuff, it felt more like a lot of our players are quite good, so we'll just keep going and see if we can force something. And you could argue we, we probably should have had a penalty, but um, Ian Murray said it in his interview, he was like, look, if we get that penalty, we score that penalty, I'd still be sat here talking about how poor that performance was. Um, and I agree with him on that. 
like I think to go back to what we're saying about Cali Thistle and, and did they play particularly well? I mean, I think if we had stolen a point, I don't know that they would necessarily be sitting here today saying like, "Oh, I can't believe we we because they didn't." And again, I say they didn't have to. You know, when you get given three goals, there's not really an impetus for you to go and try and get four or five. But it felt like it felt like Cali Thistle didn't have to bring a lot to the table because I don't think we brought a lot to the table um, as a as a unit. You know, um, one thing I would say is that see see with us going forward, one thing that I think a bit frustrating is it might be a, a shout given that sort of East in and, and Turner did have those speculative shots from the edge of the box, but like I do feel that a lot of the time it's just the ball's out to the wing. And then from there, we kind of get lost up in the muddle. Like, we'll play it between wing-back to full-back, and then it'll go back to centre-back, or, and then switch to the other side. And you're just looking at wanting someone to be at that sort of, like, 25 yards out, 30 yards out, to be able to sort of collect the ball there, and just be able to have... And Scott Brown was actually really good at that last, last season. He used to arrive at the edge of the box quite late, just power in, and just ping off strikes. He scored a goal against Air that was came off the back of him coming to the edge of the box off the top of my head if we could get something like that it would just offer us a bit of an attacking alternative but again it just wasn't to be Cali Cali were very very disciplined they did really well in terms of their job of holding the lines it's a squad of big units like that's I, I don't think there was much else to say about them I don't think there was too much technical prowess on the go from either side on Saturday um, but I just they, they stuck to their job and they did it really well and they got the, the result they deserved because they outscored us, so simple as that. Yeah, they absolutely did. And it's, it's worth saying for all we're banging on about lack of familiarity and all this kind of stuff, I think two guys in their back line were making their debuts. I'd only signed that week. So, you know, a fair play to them for, for overcoming that. It's, it's not always a, a ready excuse. Um, and just a quick word as well for um, Scott McGill. Just to your point there about Sometimes it's quite prosaic, and you were just knock it to the full back, to the centre half, to the other centre half, to the full. I thought Scott McGill did quite well, just in that very, very late period. I don't think he's a long term, you know, solution or option for for left back by any means. But what he does do is steps by his man, comes inside to try and just open up that little bit and, and then move the opposition around a little bit. But um, I think that's probably enough dwelling. On on that one. Anything else anybody wants to throw in on the the game itself on Saturday? I think uh, just a quick one, Duncan. That uh, Davy Hancock said it. I think Carol have noticed it as well. Uh, that I think well, it was three two at the time. That Inverness just and a few teams have done it to us. Airdrie especially. Teams just know how in this league how to take the sting out of a game. We don't. Mm-hmm. And Davey hit it the nail on the head. Yeah. We we need to find out how to do that. Our own players need to know how to do that on the park. They don't need Ian Murray to tell them. They should be experienced enough, especially the names we have listed off this season in our squad. Mullen, Brown, Vaughan. They've all done it. They've all been there. So M- Millen, they've all, they've all got plenty of experience. So Scott, I, think... I would argue the opposite. I think we need to put a bit more sting into things and actually start absolutely hammering people when they're bearing down on goal. I think that's the main thing for me at the moment. I think we need to be going in with a squad of hornets or whatever, just absolutely battering them. I just think that we need to have more game management 
in our game. It just it's so blatantly obvious that for some reason we don't have it now, and we've not had it in a lot of games this season. Even the games that we've done really well and we've had positive results, there was games that it probably kind of covered the cracks a little bit, like the air game, for instance. The whole game we won the at it, but we managed to get out of the mess that we were in and actually get something out of it. But if we had a bit more game management, who knows, we probably could have won the game. Or same with our Brove game. Yet again, I know it was a freak what happened in that game, but it was also a game that even at 2-1, just see the game out. It's... I feel like it's a, it's almost like a mentality thing. And again, it's, it's kind of like, we've said it before, you need your fan base to get like an atmosphere going but you need the players on the pitch to do that at the same time to like give us a reason to cheer give us a reason to get on our feet and going and there was a little bit of that like in the second half on Saturday you obviously have the the, uh, the sort of south stand um, where we've spoken before about the ball getting sort of almost sucked into the net but just over time it just felt like it was evaporating a bit people start getting frustrated but yeah it just feels like things have gone just a bit flat in terms of the atmosphere both in the team and the the um, the stand itself, and I said it a few weeks back, but it feels like someone's whispered in our ear, like, "Oh, you can't do this. You're going to bottle it." And then all of a sudden, everyone sort of went, "Oh, we're bottling it now," and now it's become a thing. And it's just like we just need to snap out of that and get our heads back. And okay, I know it's a cliche point, and people will probably be like, "Oh, happy clappers talking about this," but it's true. We're we're a point behind United. They've got a game over to play over us. Um, there's nothing to say that we can't get a couple of wins on the go and then things change completely and everyone starts getting right behind the, squad, uh, the team and it totally changes the mentality. But that's got to be driven from somewhere. And I think the starting point's changing that formation. Like we say, get the, the three at the back in the bin. Um, hopefully we've got Keith Watson standing back and things can just... Just drive on. We've got the squad. To stop it's, definitely, it's not like it's it's tricky when you look at you know you've lost X number of games on the bounce and all this kind of stuff, but because it has been tight, and I think until Saturday there, the performances were all Leslie had said it. Performance were almost still actually ticking up the way. Um, that's that's a bit of a kick in the shins, but um, there's definitely it's, it's not. You know, all hope is lost by any means at all. Um, and just on Pitching the on action. the subject, well, this is true. And whose replies you look at? Um, on the subject, though, uh, as Robbie mentions about kind of atmosphere, you know, do you want to come in on that? Give us a uh, give us your thoughts. Aye, I just wanted to kind of talk about the atmosphere a wee bit. Um, I, I don't think it's any great secret that the club are trying to improve the the home atmosphere, the atmosphere in the South Stand primarily. I guess initially, it's quite like to discuss, like, why is it an issue? So for me, I think it's an issue because South Stand's a big place and everybody who sits in it has been going for a long time and they've all kind of got their little groups that they sit in and they've everybody's got their home match day rituals that they like to stick to and that involves going for a couple of pints somewhere and then going and sitting in their seat in the south stand whereas at an away game those guys and girls would probably travel by bus or by train have a couple of pints and then when they get to the ground they probably all can stand and sit together and then that kind of generates an atmosphere kind of on its own 
So the club have tried a few things. Obviously, we had the kind of failed experiment at the start of the season with the railway stand, and it was a wee bit too far away, and it just didn't quite work out. I'm keen to see how the the singing section at the front of the stand works against the air against the Airdrie on Friday. Mm. I can't go, but I'm I'm really keen to to see how that goes. I think there's a lot of talk online. Twitter is my main social media. It's the one that I use the most, and I think it's the one that's the kind of most active in terms of Wraith Rovers and Wraith Rovers fans. So I think it's quite a good barometer for how people feel about it. And there's a lot of people that are complaining about the atmosphere not being good enough. And my message to all of you listening that are doing that is be the change that you want to see. So this is going to require... Like, sorry, before I even go on to that, this is a once in a 20 year season, once in a 15, 20 year season. This might not happen again for a long, long time. I don't want this to pass us by and us to be sitting in the summer thinking, I wish we just got together and got that atmosphere going and maybe that could have changed. Now, there's every chance that we could get an atmosphere going in the South Stand and it will have absolutely no positive impact whatsoever. The team will continue sliding and you'll think, why the hell did we bother with that? But nothing ventured, nothing gained on this. Right, we all love this football club. We all want them to do well. I've never seen my team play in the top league. That's something I want to see. With every fibre of my being, that's something that I want to see. So I think what this is going to take is the young, young team that are at the back just now do a fine job, but their voices are too high-pitched and the noise doesn't carry and it doesn't create an atmosphere. Right, And that's no slight on them because they're energetic. But I think we need a core of like 30 to 40, maybe 50 adults that are going to go to the back of the stand and be committed to use their voice and get behind the team. And then the kids that come along can supplement that with a drum and we can just do a bit of coordination and just kind of get it together. Like, I, I, I don't think this would take much. So I guess what I'm saying is, if you're interested in doing that, when we put these so when we post this podcast out on the socials, Put a wee comment in below saying that you're up for it. And if there's enough people, because it is absolutely a collective effort that's required here, if there's enough people, then we'll maybe think about taking that to the next stage. And here's the key point. The next home game after the Edry game is the Dundee United game. That is a perfect way to get that started. Get behind the team. Get loads of people energised and into it. Have a great positive impact and a positive outcome. So... Let, Robbie, you can clip this up, we can put this on the other side, we can put this out so it gets a bigger view in. I know more than anybody the sort of reach that's, that stuff on Twitter can get. So let's let's give it a shot, right? Because I don't want to sit in the summer and think, I really wish I'd done that. So let's try and make something happen. 100%. And I think that the thing to that is to is to stick to that. And, and we'll do that. We'll keep at this and we will, as much as we can, be... Uh, I don't know what you, what you would call it, a rallying point for, for ideas and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because if people have got ideas and they send them in, we can, we can amplify them to, to the, the people who are listening, which, to be fair, is the target audience. Because that's this is the, the listen, nobody who's not interested in the Rovers is, is going to bother the last to listen, why would they? But the people who listen are the people that need to hear it. And, and I'm, I'm in full agreement with you, mate. I think you're absolutely spot on. And I think it's um, it's at the same time as, as as obviously it takes that starting point and it, it takes it to be done. I think that could snowball so quickly 
because again, you've, yeah. you've, you've, everybody's been at a game where they've, they've been, you know, not part of the thick of it as far as atmosphere goes, and have been caught up in it because there's been two yeah. goals in quick succession and or I, whatever. And I get, I get that this isn't for everybody, and that's fine. But I just think there's enough appetite amongst enough people that we could get the ball rolling with us. And if you listen to the custodians of the club, Ian Murray, Andy Barman, every player that you talk to, Lewis they all talk about how ha, exactly all talk about how big an impact it has when the fans are behind the team. So yeah, there might be loads of examples of teams with very little atmosphere who play very well. But I think if the players and everybody at the club is talking about it and the way that the club are talking about wanting to invest money into the railway stand so that we can get safe standing and get people in there, they think it matters. So if they think it matters, I think it matters. Absolutely. I think as well, it's like, it's one of those things where you, there needs to be an identity to it as well. I feel like it'll just grow naturally over time and organically. Nobody's going to look to police it or handle it. It's it's just one of those things where if we all just sit and stare at it, nothing's going to happen. So it's about having that drive and Twitter's the best place to do it. And again, we've got a good sort of soapbox to shout from, as you say. Um, And if the atmosphere can be improved every other Saturday, rather than we get to a game like last Saturday or the Queen's Park game where things are flat and you just feel it needs a wee bit of oomph to it to get things going... Brilliant. I'm all for that. Like, I'm not going to try and be everyone's best friend. I'm not going to sit there and proclaim like this, that, or the other. I'm happy to to try and um, herald ideas and to to sort of, if other people have ideas, try and get talking, have a bit of discussion about it. Because I feel like as it stands, we're all just sitting there with our hands, just sitting on our hands, effectively, just saying, well, hopefully this might happen. Oh, we tried it in the railway stand, didn't they work? So we'll not doing anything so yeah it's just um if there is any sort of shouts then let us know and we'll try and help as much as possible so i i feel like um, going forward as a club though i think that it would be good to have it down the front and i mean south stands getting fuller and fuller every week but well maybe not last week but um i feel like if you can create that area that we've got down the front and have that. And I know that they're doing it for the Airdrie game. They've taken away two rows behind. So automatically you had the same people that you usually see on Twitter. And this isn't a slight against them because everyone's in different situations. Everyone's in different circumstances. Not everyone wants to be going and banging a drum and singing their, their soul out every day. Some people just like to go to a game and just have a chat with their mates and that'll do it. Um, but they were straight away saying, oh, but what if people can't see? But there's already addressed that by saying the two rows behind are closed. So it's fine. So if the club can just foster it and we as people involved with the club can foster it, there's no limit on where it goes. It's just a case of like developing it and working together. So I very much on board with that. Yeah. Last point on this as well is that I think the club's natural vision for this is going to be that it's going to be in the railway stand, which is fine, but that's not short term. And I think we need to make an impact now. We don't have time on our side. We need to change it up now. And I think, like, you know, how many home games have we got left? Since eight or something? Maybe not even as many as that. We need to make a big, we need to make impact, a big impact in a really short space of time. So we need to change something because the thing that we're doing just now is just generating empathy and not empathy. 
apathy. apathy. That's, that, that's something entirely different. <laughs> We're just generating apathy, and it's it's not it's not for me. It's not an enjoyable atmosphere. I love going to the football and getting behind the team, and that's what I want to see. And I think there's enough appetite in the fan base to for other people to to want the same. Exactly. Yep. Hundred percent. And I see. I think we will we will do what we can to kind of stick on that and um, yeah, really try see if we can build a bit of um, a bit of momentum with that as well. And uh, with any luck, that will be driven by um, events on the park as well. And um, that's actually cheered me up a bit. I like the the um, the impetus and the uh, the optimism that's coming from that and that was originally what I was going to try and do with the big question was to kind of cheer us up a bit. I'm already a bit cheered up, but um, let's stick to that anyway. So for tonight's big question, to, to round us off, I would like for each of you, please, to give me a, a reason for optimism or your biggest reason for optimism, because there are plenty. And um, let's see, Carol, let's uh, let's start with you, please. Give me your, uh, your usual um, optimism, please. Well, I'll start like a positive broken record. The rumours are the website is on its way. <laughs> so maybe February will be the website's month. Okay, I am going for full-on positivity here that we will see a new website. From a personal point of view, I love this club. Um, so any opportunity that I can show off in some of my business classes where I should be teaching people the arts of negotiating in English, forget that. I'm going to show you this bro. and it's just you saw them on social media and they love it and one of my students even like emailed me back to forward to the club saying like, I'm I'm now following and I love watching race rovers but the website is just a little bit bleh is the new adjective I'm going to give you um and I just think it, it would be as, as as an unofficial ambassador of the club I think it would be great to show it off so that's my positive thought come on website it's the uh, painting the fourth bridge of web development, but um, I'm sure we will get that. I'm sure we will get that soon. Um, right, Scott, uh, give me your uh, your reason to be cheerful, please. I'm glad you've came to me next because I, I kind of think I'm going to be stealing Christina's here, but the best player in the championships coming back. That's literally as soon as that link got sent to me tonight, I honestly was grinning. Like I was just going, "Yes, this is what we need right now." Is I know we've been saying it's not just one player that's the problem and whatever, but like it's just going to help so much to have him back in amongst the match day squad. Well, I say the squad; he's going to be in the team when he's fit. Like he's, I never knew he's... that you were so passionate about Keith Watson there getting on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, Sats. Sam Stanton has uh, just been, he, he has been the best player for us this season and it kind of has shown that we've missed him a lot in the last month that or to six weeks that he's been out. But I'm just really looking forward to seeing him back playing football again. He's just a really likeable guy on top of that. So I, I just hope that he gets back to, obviously there's, Rumours they could be in amongst it on Friday. I'd rather just go, nah, leave them for Dundee United and what well, that's a fortnight's time technically. So, because we've not got a, a game the following weekend, so it's going to be good to get him back in amongst it. So, yeah, I'm I'm buzzing for him to be back. Absolutely, I would uh, I would definitely echo that. Um, Robbie, what about you, please? Uh, I'm going to give you two. Um... The, the first one was an off-the-pitch one, uh, which was that 
I took along uh, my girlfriend who went to her first ever football game on Saturday. Now, she has never watched a football match in her life and has no idea about the sport whatsoever, um, which meant that I got hit with uh, hard-hitting questions such as, but why do they take thrones? Why don't they just kick it in? Which is actually a very hard question to answer. Like, I have no idea question. how to do that. But yeah, um, she she had a really good time. She picked up the basics really quickly in the sense that she thought Alex Samuel was a wanker. She didn't like the referee and that uh, she thought that Lewis Ford was fantastic. So I shout out to Emma. Well done. You did fantastic work. Um, then on the pitch, um, Thunderbolt, um, the, the big baldy bearded front man uh, on the pitch was doing the, the spectacular work. I was really impressed by Zach Rudden. Uh, thought that he offered a lot um, that will help us going forward just being able to said it a few times now, bridging the, the link between midfield and attack um, just really keen to get on the ball and drive forward, which as a, as a fan I completely love to see so I, again, I know that it's it's not been a great run of form but I'm more than happy to stick with this team and I feel like if we get the formation binned that we've been using before we get back to basics, we start bluttering players when they're on the ball coming forward and we get the ball to Zach Rudden when we're going forward I think that aye, our fortunes will change quickly Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you mine as well because it's very, very similar You mentioned already um, that's Jack Hamilton into double figures for goals now, Lewis Vaughan um, has extended um, his lead as the top goal scorer in the championship. And Zach Rudden, even if he doesn't actually bring goals, is another very, very good striker. I think we saw that even in his 45 minutes there. That's a really, really good strike force. You know, that's that's more strikers than anybody except Ian Murray would ideally field at any one time. Um, and that's a very, very positive place to be. We talked, you know, earlier in the season about sort of Dundee United and like, is their eleven better than ours? Maybe is their full squad better than ours? You know, I'm really not convinced. It is I'm not convinced they've got the depth. Probably what we were saying though at that point was like, oh, maybe except up front, we don't really have a lot of depth. I think now we do. I, I genuinely think there's a real basis for a proper title tilt squad there. If a couple of things come together. Um, and uh, Ian, bring us home, please, with your uh, your reasons for, uh, for to be optimistic at the moment. Yeah, not for the first time tonight. You uh, stole my stole my answer. Um, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd actually written down just Hamilton really motoring now. Uh, Lewis Vaughan with another goal. You know, absolutely flying. So happy to just see him back doing what he does best. And uh, I thought Zach Rudden looked excellent in his, in his kind of 45-minute cameo. And I just wanted to compare it to this time last year when we had Jamie Gullen, John Fredrickson, Willie Accio and Isma Concalves waddling about up front. So, yeah, there's reasons to be cheerful. Uh, and there's that. Getting your happy Our clapping forces now, people. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the strike Connor McBride more, more than meh, you're right yeah. there. Zach Rudden, more than meh. I think that's exactly. Zach Rudden, do a backflip. <laughs> uh, I did enjoy that. Uh, I'm not going to test him with that, but I did enjoy Blair getting an absolute body and in the group chat straight away, everyone going like, meh, <laughs> I think he might, um, based on that short piece of evidence, I think he might come to regret that. And uh, and to be fair, I think nobody would be more <laughs> delighted than him uh, if he does have to, to eat that one. Is that a word? Or is it just a, a sound? Um 
I'm not entirely sure. But we can, uh, we'll litigate that another time because I think that will uh, bring us to a close for this one, a good hour and 15 minutes on a game that none of us wanted to talk about. So um, thank you once again, everybody, for, uh, for listening and for watching, if you did uh, choose to do so. Um, as Weirdos. Ian says, I think there is a real scope for um, the whole fan base to kind of come together. And if you do, if you any any ideas, if you any suggestions, if you anything that you think you could do, just a little bit of coordination that would maybe help generate an atmosphere in a match day, then we are available for that purpose. So um, you can reply to the Twitter, you can reply to the Instagram, um, where Carol's putting some really good stuff up there. I think the DMs are open if you don't want it out in the open. There's replies to the YouTube as well. There's plenty of ways. And is anything that we can amplify, anything that we can coordinate, we will um, we will absolutely do our best um, to do that. And we will be back later in the week. Um, I don't know if we might do it a little bit earlier, given it's Friday night. I don't know. We haven't discussed it yet. But we will be back uh, later on the week to look ahead to the um, SPFL Trust Trophy semi-final against Airdrie and all that that may bring. So uh, once again, I say thank you for listening, and we will see you again soon.